Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to introduce and welcome Sarah Maria Nord, who is the CEO and founder of Sanoge, who is her, which is her own business um, of production and distribution of high-end ladies wear with a specific focus on dresses for business and ceremonial occasions. Find out how the way you dress can really boost your success and why this topic is not just a superficial topic, but really something that can make a difference because it is very closely linked to our well-being and to our charisma. So welcome, Sarah. Do you want to say a few words about yourself? Yeah, thank you, Ulrike. I'll just continue with the thank you session or a short thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. It's a great pleasure uh, to join your podcast today. So my name is Sarah Maria Nord. I'm the founder and CEO of um, Zanush. And thanks for this very kind introduction. I guess you already mentioned the most important things, I guess. Um, introducing myself is somehow connected to introducing our company because my professional mission shares a large intersection what is uh, with Zanush and what Zanush is about. And this is empowerment. Empowering women, this is a is very important for me and this is kind of the deep character of our brand of our company as well and I guess that's maybe one of the reasons why I'm here today and it's a really pleasure for me. Um, furthermore what really drives me personal is uh, being sustainability, is good citizenship, is being a responsible citizen on this world and not only as an individual but also as an entrepreneur and in my professional life so to speak. Um, maybe coming to a more formal point or of introduction, I was born in Freiburg in Germany, and then I grew up in Berlin. First of all, I started studying medicine plenty of years ago in Berlin at the Charité. Um, maybe it's surprising afterwards ending up in, in fashion instead of a hospital, but I somehow found out that being a doctor is not kind of the thing to do, but more being a doctor on a large scale meaning a doctor to kind of our world or to, to a larger scale by being a good entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, so I decided to go into business to start my own company. And then I went to the University of St. Gallen to do some bachelor master studies in business. Yeah, that's how I came here today about this this is a very surprising journey as well from from medicine to fashion as you say Ooh, quite a turnaround <laughs> but maybe a similar purpose somehow behind your choice i believe when you decided that you want to do um ladies wear that is tailor-made so that women really feel well you certainly defined a need you certainly thought why why is it that we don't have that and why do we need that you know how how does this idea came from and you're very young as well so where does it come from <laughs> i guess it's it's really connected to to personal experiences as well to what i um i experienced from other women and i guess we as women we share a lot of challenges when it comes especially to professional attire to dressing adequate in business and 
Yeah, I mean, like in business, when you when you are women in a leading position, when you really care about communicating with others, you always want to be perceived as professional. You want to to be competent. You want to be a power woman who who has something to say and really means business. And at the same time, you it's important for you to to look elegant, to look feminine, and to also express your personality. And I think this is what, what appears to a lot of women and for me, of course, as well. And being elegant and feminine, this is definitely not kind of a female version of a man's suit, what is in a lot of cases kind of presented as the, the status quo in ladies' business wear. And I mean, like talking about suits for men, we all know there's a panacea. It's kind of the made-to-measure suit up to a certain level. It's always adequate, good-looking, always cool. You always feel kind of your guardian, your perfect wardrobe. And for women, I mean, it's not because we all have some some more connection to fashion. We People expect more, we expect more of ourselves than just like a dark blue or dark gray shaded suit, always looking the same with maybe white and then light blue uh, suit, uh, shirts below it. And yeah, and I think this is this desire for design, for style, but still on a very professional level, this is what what is a real challenge for women when it comes to professional attire. Furthermore, I guess um, when we compare the, the female side of business wear with the male side, I mean, for male, a made-to-measure suit is it's super common. Every man has kind of a plenty of, of, um, of made-to-measure suits, but for, for women, it is not. And there is no proper offer at the market, actually. I mean, there are tailor stores where you can go and then they take measures and then they will do like kind of your perfect dress, but it's not, there is this brand like um, a Scabal brand. Okay, they do some female stuff as well, but it's more kind of a side, side part of their collections. But there is no real point where I or you or we as women can, can go and have someone who tells us what is good looking. Okay, it's a more conservative environment you are in, then maybe take care of this or that detail, etc. So it's really like you're kind of lost when you have to decide Or, or try to find the, the, the very subtle nuances between this elegance and uh, femininity, a desire and the real, the need to stick to dress codes. It's a, it's a very interesting approach. And as you speak about this, I never really thought about the fact that there's actually not the same thing for women than for men. There are pros and cons, I guess, in both. I mean, men, as you say, they put on a suit and they're well-dressed and it's fine. And there's only the question tie or no tie, kind of. <laughs> True. On the one hand, this is very simple. Uh, and this means also that it always works. But on the other hand, it's very boring as well. So many men are really like, oh, I would love to wear something else from time to time, not always having the same thing. Um, And for us women, we have a very wide range. You can be more or less feminine. You can wear trousers, you can wear dresses, you can wear skirts and whatever. We have a lot of possibilities also in terms of color. How do you see the topic color, which is one of these topics, as I said before, I, I'm also wearing a dark blue blazer today, by the way, <laughs> Very good. but I'm not wearing it so, so often. But I, I know also from my own experience, when I was at a sea level uh, myself, the question of what you wear was pretty omnipresent, even more than in the lower levels. 
but in another way, in a certain way, um, be, because on the one hand, I thought, well, I, I'm I'm there, so why should I not just dress how I want? I will you will cannot come in sneakers and jeans, but you know, if you want to put on a red dress, why shouldn't I put a red dress on? You know, which is really a flashy a flashy sign. Um, but on the other hand, you always have this little voice telling you, ah, you should fit in. Um, the whole rest of the executive committee, most of them are men, and there's this dress code, there's this style, and if you come in like a flower, then <laughs> they will not take you seriously anymore. So there's a lot related to this, and I think a lot that is um, subconscious really related to it, to it as well. What is your experience with um, with women who who have these tailor-made dresses, who have who have chosen the shape they want, um, who feel very well with it, who use also have chosen the right color where they think I want exactly this color and I can combine it with exactly this shape, which never happens when you go into any store, obviously, that you you have what you have. Um, what is your experience when they say how they felt? when they were wearing something like this instead of the usual things that we can buy? That's a, that's a very good question. And there is a clear answer to that one. It's confidence. So a woman, when you really feel like attached to your outfit and really feel that this is the right thing for you to wear for this special occasion or for you as a person, as a personality, for your character in general, um, then this gives you a lot of confidence. Gives, this gives you kind of a inner power and this let's call it maybe happiness really to to go out and be confident and be convinced of what you do is right and then it gives you the, the freedom of mind to concentrate actually on um on what really matters i mean this sounds quite controversial from someone from fashion talking about don't focus on on fashion because then it gives you the freedom to focus on what you're actually doing but I mean, like the worst thing that can happen, for example, to you is when you, you have a presentation, you have an important negotiation and you are, you're thinking about the length of your skirt, whether this is really, is it too long? Is it too conservative? Is it too short? And you will look like mm, not that professional. I mean, like this is, this is actually really boring because it, it kind of takes capacities from your mind, which you'd better invest somewhere else. If this is, uh, yeah, I think and, and women who, who have like, or who kind of, let's put it that way, who are, have a different connection to their, to their wardrobe because they really chose wisely in terms of color, in terms of fit. They know it's kind of a perfect fit. They know there's nothing, there are no crinkles, no creases because it's a bit too, uh, too wide here and then a bit too narrow there. So it really, it, it frees up your mind to care what really matters. And then your, your dress or your blouse or your blazer or whatever, that can be like your perfect companion um, accompanying you throughout your business life. And I mean, fashion or attire or our very personal outfit, that's, so to speak, one of our strongest means of communication. Because I mean, there's a lot of our eyes, our mimics, our gestures, the way we speak, the way we look, um, what we say as well. But Imagine entering a room, all people looking at you. The first thing they will, I mean, like they will try to, to figure out what kind of personality uh, you are actually is the way you look. And I mean, like up to, let's say, 70% uh, of your overall body surface is covered in the business context by, by clothing, by your outfit. Therefore, this is such a strong means of communication that we definitely should uh, take that seriously. 
Yeah, I see what you mean. I can imagine that some some who listen to us think, oh, this is a really superficial topic. Why do you speak about fashion? We are in the in the 21st century now. We should just be like we are, and that is it. Um, I, I can a little bit, I can defend actually what you say because I understand very well this um this this feeling when you when you stand in front of an audience and you think oh i should not have put that skirt on i remember now it is the one which is a little bit too narrow and this is why it's never in the right place and there are always these wrinkles i hope there are not these wrinkles now but i cannot touch it now no because everybody looks at me so there is this thing where you dead. Yeah. your energy in the wrong place and um and i quite like the approach as well to say maybe it is more interesting to have a few pieces in your wardrobe that are really great for you which you can just pull out if it's the one or the other it doesn't matter it's always fine you always feel well you will not have to think about how it how, how it what shape it makes or how it falls on you because it's just really perfect uh, instead of having maybe 20 or 30 other things which which you buy and rebuy and rebuy probably because you never find the right one that that is something that probably i did i think over the past years now when i look at it <laughs> that the the need to buy something new comes very often from that you do not have the one perfect thing where you think oh, I must find something that is better. I must find something where next time when I have this meeting uh, or such such a meeting where I stand in front of an audience where I have to have something that really fits to me. Just so, like, if I might add a point on that, and I mean, like that's actually, that's so true what you're saying. And this is so important to, to kind of, I mean, like not to understand because it's so obvious, but to, to st just start thinking about it. And there are so many components playing into it. On the first, like, not having instead of let's say like 200 different outfits maybe only the the 10 the 20 the 30 perfect ones that really make you strong that make you confident that really that you really love wearing and that give you kind of inner power and communicate what you actually really want to communicate and not just something else because it just came out from some strange store and you just had the, the feeling I need to buy something new and then <clears throat> maybe it fits not that well, but okay, so let's just take a compromise. Mm -hmm. And this is like, it's about design. It's about personality and individuality and individuality merged together with this, uh, this business spirit, with this communicating professionalism, communicating competence within the design itself. Then it's about fit. It's about not uh, not being happy with kind of with the size that's too loose, too wide, too narrow, whatever that that itches maybe because the fabric is a bit not that good. It's about functionality so that the fabrics there are breathable, that you can when you are in travel just throw it into a suit a suit a suitcase take it out in your hotel room and it's not crease and crinkled all over and makes your iron the entire evening long yeah and then it's about quality because you can only stick to your perfect outfit when it's not of crappy quality so to speak um yeah and this is about fabrics this is about the manufacturing process itself this is actually about uh, yeah, how much um, attention is put to details when the outfit is actually created as well 
This is an important point. Yeah, you've said a lot of important points. The thing is, you don't have to iron in the evening is a good, is a good one. <laughs> and sometimes you don't have any of an iron in in the hotel room, and then you have this thing, and it's like, oh no, I have to put it on like this tomorrow, and oh, it doesn't look good. And then you think again about yourself instead of putting your energy in what you actually want to convey as a message. Um, yeah, the communication piece I think is an important one, especially as um, and you might know these figures as well that around only seven seven percent of uh, the whole message that comes over to a person is what we say in words so the verbal communication occupies only seven percent 93 percent what is perceived by the other person or by your audience is your body language and your tone and this whole energy what they just feel subconsciously about you and if you if you're there and you don't feel well because there's something wrong with what you're wearing and it comes to your mind then obviously you will convey something like a turbulence at the radio <laughs> it's like she says it with affirmation and she seems to be very competent but something is not not quite right and it's perceived subconsciously people will not think this in words but perceive something and the confidence piece is an important one it's one of these things that many women struggle with men as well but women are very self-critical we had this also in another talk and it will come up again and again because we are a lot standing in our own way with with being very self-critical and being perfectionists you can obviously get one of your worries when you are visible <laughs> out of the way, when you just not have to worry about what you're wearing anymore and put your energy more into what you want to say and how you want to feel and how you can use all of this as a package that makes you just, as you say, stronger and well, just feeling well in your skin. Definitely. Do you have feedback from your clients before and after or how do they react you know because they will probably not buy 10 dresses at once they'll probably start with one <laughs> and then they will see how it goes and how does it does it make a difference definitely i mean like this is not only buying one but then 10 at a time that actually this happens as well it maybe starts with one, but then when you like, okay, this design fits your wear well. And I mean, like the buying of business wares on the one side, there are this is kind of buying fashion, it's buying emotions, it's buying, I mean, like, it's like you go shopping on Saturday and then you see something and you dream of it and then you, you just feel attached to it. And on the other hand, it's, it's quite rational. And I think the, the segment of business wear that comes quite close to the, to the, for a certain percentage, at least, uh, to the buying habits, let's say, of men, because it's very rational, then you suddenly start, okay, I mean, like, the fabric is cool, it's breathable, it's uh, wrinkle-free, it, uh, the fit is good, so um, then I'd need another five of that just in different colors, maybe different shades of blue or gray or with a pepeter pattern, whatever. And I, well, so that's uh, maybe a bit uh, far away from your question, but coming back to it precisely, it's, I would say, definitely. And the answer before and after is uh, confidence and a higher attachment to your wardrobe, less time spent for choosing this or that or matching and mixing and worrying about wrinkles, poor fit, etc. And um, summa summarum, I would say like kind of a, a higher purchasing experience so to speak because you are creating something which is really unique you will never see someone else walking around with exactly that design nor the size for uh, of course um, 
yeah and then i would say concluding you spend less time purchasing in total because you you do not need to to run from store to store to find a perfect design or to find a perfect size as well how did you how did you set up your business it's just now let's just do a little bracket more into the business area because it's obviously you had to invest into the production into the distribution you had to get your financing done and all of this how did that work for you um, well, actually, I would say it um, just as I pointed out at first, first, there was this kind of personal need exchanging with other professional women, kind of conferring that this is not only like a, a phantom or a vision that's super vague, but really, really an issue for a lot of women. Um, yeah, I'm like, and then actually, we started with ready to wear. Um, clothing with ready-to-wear collections already in the, in the business segment. I mean, like blouses, dresses, jackets, whatever, blazers, uh, but all in standard sizes, just like a, let's call it like common fashion brand. Um, and then over time, we received more and more requests actually for tailor-made apparel. And that point us to... Um, to, to questioning ourselves whether this is actually whether the way we as a business model want to develop is uh, really into this collection standard size only or whether there is not a, really a latent need so far which is not um, where I mean like women are searching for special professional high quality good looking stylish and functional business attire but it's not there and um, yeah so actually the, the super rational um, or consequence would have been to, to open up a tailor store and to let women come and take measures and then do that what private tailors on a one-to-one -one basis do. But um, I mean, like internally, I would say we really like kind of uh, driven by innovation. We are really like startup culture still. We are um, great fans of, of digitalization and thinking about how to kind of really bring innovation in the way how we, how we live, how we interact, etc. And I mean, like then um, we came up with this idea of really customized fashion in a building block system. Mm -hmm. And this is actually how the, um, our fashion configurator developed and came into life, meaning that uh, women can in a configurator just like maybe mean design their car, their Porsche in the Porsche car configurator. So now women can design their perfect or their perfect dress, their perfect blouse, etc., in a configurator, meaning they choose from different colors of fabric, from different types of fabric. This is more a crepe georgette or a twill or something with virgin wool, etc. Um, then you can you can choose different design components, for example, for a blouse, whether it's kind of a bow collar or a classical cant collar or a button border, etc. So you can actually click through every component, design a blouse, dress, whatever you, you're really a fan of and you're really fond of. And that's really matching uh, your personality. We've got an algorithm in our configurator that prevents kind of bad designs. So you cannot kind of combine a purple um, color with, let's say, like yellow cuffs or something like that. And um, yeah, body measurements can take a wire and app 
or you can also have an appointment with a real physical tailor if this is the preferred version. I mean, like we do home visits, for example, at offices. We cooperate with tailor stores, with boutiques that already exist where measures can be taken. Uh, and this is how, how it came to life, so to speak. So on the one side, I would say it's kind of a, it's a fashion brand, but on the other side, it's super like a tech company and yeah. <laughs> a lot of innovation in it definitely so let's come back to the to the topic of the talk initially where we said um that you can boost your success by the way you dress and what i have noted as two takeaways at least food for thought is about two things one was the confidence which you can get because you feel just better with yourself you probably worry less about your appearance and when people look at you if something is not right or you have the feeling you, have, you are somehow distracted by this the other point was about using it really very consciously as a communication tool because what we convey is also conveyed through our eyes and what we see is is conveying a message in some way and the message here is what i believe not being the most beautiful and that women have to be beautiful because they're women <laughs> but rather that we have to feel well with how we are and this is the way how we communicate because whatever we define for ourselves what we need to feel well it's maybe not the same thing for me than for you or than for any of our listeners so what would you say is a main takeaway that our audience can now take with them, apply potentially to their life, or at least maybe use it as food for thought for further steps into a certain direction? <laughs> a very good point. Uh, thanks for your great conclusion. I guess there was already a lot, of, a lot of truth in it and a lot of points we've been talking about today. And maybe if I add to that to add another piece of food for thought, is um yeah well that there is there's actually beauty in every woman and this beauty exactly lies in individuality and at the point in time we manage not to only stick to dress codes but kind of find a way to to be competent to be professional and still express our individuality and our personality this gives us a lot of shine a lot of confidence a lot of well-being and and beauty to ourselves to every one of us and this is actually maybe one message really from the bottom of my heart which i would like to to give you on your way that of course dress codes etc are important but it's also important really to to give them a personal touch and not for example to to turn into a female version of a of a man in suits so to speak This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.